we started making watches. That's where we cut our teeth. And where we really made an impact in the market was that we came out with the world's first quartz watch. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Robot Industry Podcast. This podcast series is being recorded around Automate 2023 show in mid-May, and I thought it'd be something different to have two guests today. So my guests for this edition are Chris Round and Scott Marzik, both from Epson Robotics, a very respected brand in robotics and especially in small parts, material handling and assembly. Scott and Chris, like the Epson brand, are movers and shakers in the robot industry. Chris Round is a regional manager for Epson Robotics. He has over 25 years marketing and selling globally in the automation, packaging, and SMT industries with a diverse background in conveyors, electronics, and robotics. He's currently on the Robotics Industry America's Marketing Committee. Chris resides in Cincinnati, Ohio with his wife, Linda, and three kids, all currently in college. Chris graduated with a Bachelor of Science degree from Bowling Green State University. And Scott Marzik has over two decades of experience successfully transforming diagnostic, technical, and business intelligence products into innovative, market-leading goods and services. As group product manager at Epson America, Scott is responsible for developing strategic initiatives to help drive channel growth and end-user demand across the industrial robotics product category. Scott holds a BS from the University of California, Santa Cruz, an MS from the University of Southern California, and an MBA from San Francisco State University. So, gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having us. Hey, I'm going to get you both to tell us a little bit about uh, what you do at Epson uh, from and what's going on at Epson. But I wanted to start off that I remember where Epson robots were making watches. Can you give our audience a little bit of an overview of Epson Corp and Epson Robotics? Yeah, I... Epson, or you know, formerly Seiko Epson Corporation, uh, or we, we call SEC internally, about, about a $10 billion corporation, give or take, based on the, the yen exchange rate. Uh, we're, we're a vertically integrated global manufacturing powerhouse, um, have been for decades. Uh, we were founded in 1942 in Japan. Uh, we, we focus on the consumer electronics and precision products. Our headquarters is in Nagano Prefecture. It's about a three-hour train ride west of Tokyo. It's a Beautiful part of the country, and and to your point, yeah, we we started making watches. That's 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 where we cut our teeth, and where we really made an impact uh, in the market was that we came out with the world's first quartz watch. So before that, you're winding up your watch, you're inaccurate, you forget to wind it, you lose track of the time. All of a sudden, we're putting quartz in watches, and quartz really became central to all the technologies that we develop at Epson. We manufacture our our own quartz. Uh, quartz is a is, is an amazing mineral. Um, it tell, basically it's a great timing device. If you apply a voltage to quartz, it oscillates at a known frequency. At the same time, you can use it as a motion detection device. So it worked well in watches. And basically, we're manufacturing watches for years. And long story short, that's how we got into robotics. Moving from that video that you showed with all these people on a factory floor with tweezers and loops, trying to put little gears into watches with high precision, we needed something to automate and something to make things faster. Nobody had a robot that was available at that time that met our specs, met our throughput requirements, precision requirements. Classic Epson fashion, we built our own. And so for the past four plus decades, we've been the precision automation experts um, and all started with wristwatches. And of course, 
the cool thing about Epson is Epson was using its own products for its own use and then decided, hey, we should maybe sell this to somebody else. Yeah, that's 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 classic Epson being vertically integrated. We we actually have a team of over 300 system uh, engineers and integrators inside of Epson that develop automation systems for the manufacturing of our products. And often we're developing things as we go along and we're like, oh, that works well for us. The market probably is going to have an interest in it. And so a lot of products do come out of that innovative uh, internal R&D and process automation that, that we do at Epson. Chris, you and I have had some discussions about the numbers of configurations of robot models at Epson. Can you give me a flavor of what that looks like? Well, sure. And again, thanks for having us, Jim. What's interesting about us is because of what Scott just talked about with our years that we've been doing this, and we really were, you know, we really are in that small world. You can really look at all the things that are that are manufactured that are super small. So those are things that we do really well at, right? With all of that, as you think about that, think about the 45% share market that we have globally. So it, it just starts to it starts to kind of get pretty crazy on on where we go, what we do, who we work with, it, because it's so much. But from a robot's perspective, you know, we have an entry level. We have a let's say say our LS series, which is more of that middle of the road solution, and then of course we get into our G series, which has our new Gyro Plus technology, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but all of these different robots, as you, you know, we, we get into uh, IP54, IP65, you, you do, uh, you know, ESD uh, with electrostatic uh, dissipative type robots. So all these different things, that is right where we do uh, really well with. Um, so as it comes to the, the wide breadth of everything that we do, it, it, it feels like <clears throat> there's not much that we can't do when it comes to, and you name the industry, right? The automotive, medical, consumer products, machine tending, screwdriver, all these different things, we do them. And so it's just, it's, and that's why you, you know, with, with basically four, roughly almost 400 different types of scare robots, you're getting into almost everything you can imagine. You could have a factory with 400 different robots from Epson all in one, right? That's right. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, thank you for that. Scott, you know, Epson's a very innovative company. What are some of the new products coming from Epson? What are you getting excited about? Yeah, I, I think to reiterate what, what, what Chris mentioned, you know, we, we've got robots and solutions on the high end and, and, and the low or entry level end. It's one of the things you've really seen over the past 10 plus years is this evolution of the, of the entry level end of automation. You know, if you go back in time, you know, when people were, were automating, it, it was basically big companies, big companies that had the capital wherewithal, the technology wherewithal, the infrastructure, the teams, the knowledge, the integrators, all of that. Those are, those are the folks that, that were doing it, people that knew automation, right? They sort of spoke to each other in their own language. And then all of a sudden, automation becomes more affordable. Labor costs go up. They go up overseas. Uh, offshoring isn't necessarily as attractive. So this new group slowly starts growing. People coming into automation and, and they're looking for tools. They're looking for things that are going to help them get up and running quicker. They don't have PhDs in mechatronics or programming or any of this stuff. And so one of the things getting to your question that, that I'm really excited about is 
uh, our move towards uh, providing even easier to use software. So we've we've been a leader in easy to use software for a long time with RC Plus uh, software that comes with the robot when you buy it. Um, but we developed something called RC Plus Express, which for a long time as this was being developed, everyone referred to it as our easy software. When's the easy software going to be here? Well, the easy software was released. First version came out with uh, our Scara robots. And then uh, just this past year came out with support for our six axis robots. And where that's really cool is that now folks, instead of having to type in code, they can drop and drag and move things around and it gets them up and running really quickly. You combine that with a Scare robot, for example, that's under $8,000 or a six axis that's under $15,000. That's a phenomenal deal. And for people getting started, that's really exciting. That's neat technology. That's game-changing stuff for this new entry-level segment. And then on the higher end, on the higher end, you've got our high-speed, high-precision uh, GX series Scarra robots. As Chris mentioned, we've got hundreds and hundreds of different varieties. Um, we've got models, whatever configuration you need. And at that Tip of the tip of the top um, of that performance curve right there. These guys are fast. These guys are super fast, way faster than their predecessor. Um, they've got some really neat features um, that we're excited to share with people, and they are definitely cutting edge. And they make a huge, huge difference in people's productivity um, when they need high speed and high precision. Thanks, Scott, for that. Uh, Chris, I'm going to turn it back to you. So. Um, what are your integrators and end users purchasing when it comes to robots and what sectors are they operating in? Yeah. So, um, and, and, and I want to just kind of piggyback on what, what, what Scott was saying in, in terms of um, where opportunities live um, is really kind of a customer centric pull through, right? So we have a customer and he wants to do a cycle study or design review. We get into that information. We start to talk about, okay, this, this, this individual needs a, a really, really quick cycle time. And he wants to have anywhere from like an eight to 10 micron repeatability. Then we're going to start to live in that G series. But if we may not need that, even with a six axis, we can go up to about a hundred micron repeatability uh, with our entry level robot uh, inside our T series. And so it just kind of depends on, on uh, studies, design reviews. We, we get a sense as to what's going on. We work closely, closely with our apps team. Um, but what is being purchased now? What, what's happening? Is it, you know, as I said, it really kind of depends. But, you know, we're seeing really anything from screwdriving, dispensing, inspection, finishing, kitting, packaging, material handling, all of that we really get into. Lately, we've seen a lot of consumer products, a lot of medical, I would say lately. Um, we get into the front end where we're maybe combining a couple parts. We're putting them in, we're laying into a clamshell and it goes down the line, things like that. You get into medical equipment where you get little clamps and, and uh, little pieces that you need to get into a tray feeder, which we have that solution, which we'll talk about shortly as well. But it really just look, I'm seeing a lot of automotive, a lot of consumer products. Uh, obviously, automotive has always been big for us. But lately, it feels to me like a lot of medical, a lot of consumer products. Uh, thank you for that. Chris, one of the things that um, I'd I wanted to ask you specifically, can you tell us a little bit about the flexible feeding solution that you have? <clears throat> sure. Yeah, it, it, this is probably one of, the, one of the coolest things that we've done in the last, I would say, two to three years. 
and I and I and I'll be open about this too. In my region, which was eight states, we've kind of we, we've parsed that down to five now because of some changes we've had with within our team. I would say of my business, it was ended up being about at least a third to almost forty percent of my business. Where what we did, we brought a tray feeder into the mix with our robot and our vision. And so we've taken all of that and we have created this tray feeder solutions, basically called our IntelFlex. We have an 80, a 240, a 380, and a 530 size feeders. And so basically it's it's a full solution, full package. And, and, and how it works is pretty simple is we take parts and we put them on the feeder. And just as you would think with an Azrael product or uh, any random vision and a random robot, that's a solution that, that's been around. But what we have done is we have uh, taken this full solution and done all of the hard, uh, they call heavy lifting, right? So all of the algorithms line up. Uh, we've done all that work. It's all in, the, in our software, which you know, we may talk about software in a bit. But to have all of that in one software uh, where it's all talking before the customer even gets it, that point, once the customer receives it, then we're talking about, hey, let's put the parts on. We can, we can do some simple calibrations. Uh, there is some work there involved, but at the end of it, you're, you're moving a lot quicker than you would if you were to piecemeal that, that solution versus having us provide the solution as a package. Scott, I, you know, it's funny because I'm kind of hearing from you, time to market, fast, simple, but now I'm hearing flexibility, right? In, in especially in parts feeding, that must be kind of an interesting piece for you guys to be able to put together this standard product. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I to Chris's point, you can always build these solutions. You know, it's you know, and there's smart engineers out there. They take this, they take this, they make you know all the connective tissue work. You know, the protocols are running. It's all good. It's just time. It's time. It's support. It's troubleshooting all of those elements that if you've got the wherewithal, you've got the time, you can do that stuff as you bring on new people into this industry. And even folks that have been doing this a long time, time is money. And so if you can make an integrated solution where it's close as possible to plug and play and you you turn some knobs and make it work for your application, that is enormous value. That is cost savings. That is time reduction. That is getting to market quicker. And to your point, uh, Jim, when you begin to weave in the flexibility that is needed, um, and why is it needed? It's needed because consumers are demanding it. You know, just just go to Amazon and look around it. Pick your product at how many different variations of anything you can get, and how things change from year to year. So, as a manufacturer, you're constantly being pressed to change and evolve. What you make today might not be the same thing you make next year. And if you've spent money and time on a static manufacturing line or cell, you're obsolete all of a sudden. So you've got to be adaptable. You've got to be flexible. Solutions like this, solutions like IntelliFlex help integrators and users be adaptable. They help them to be flexible and help them to change because everything changes. Um, and it is a tremendous value to be able to change quickly. And that's what that solution provides. And Chris kind of alluded to this too, right? Is you slowly become as a software company, right? When you are creating these solutions that you're putting two or three things together, especially with vision, uh, you so you're marketing software now. And what's that like? Uh, yeah, so software is fundamental to what we do. Everything is, is it, it evolves, is controlled, managed through that software. And so that, that, 
ecosystem, that environment, if you will, is really central to, to our value proposition that we want to make it easier for you. And we want to make sure that it's not only easy, but it's powerful, that it's got the tools that you need, whether you're advanced or you're beginning. So whether it's got a 3D simulator uh, built into it that doesn't cost extra, or you've got troubleshooting capabilities through the code as you go through, or you've got access to manuals as, as you run through and you want to see what a given program syntax should be, um, or all these integrated solutions, whether it's Vision or IntelliFlex, it's all built in. And that is a tremendous value. And the fact that you get this, a customer buys a, name your robot, a GX4, they're getting the software when they, when they buy the robot. Tremendous value. And so we're trying to break down barriers. We want, we want to make things easier. And it's, it's not because it's Epson wanting to do this. We absolutely do. We want to do it because our customers are asking for it. Customers are demanding this. And it's just increasing as more people come into this industry. It's very cool. Thank you very much for that. Uh, Chris, I can't just buy an Epson robot, right? I have to go through a distributor, right? You actually can come directly to a, uh, a regional sales manager and purchase a robot, but most of the team likes to work with distribution. The reason is the distribution is so close. You know, we're kind of spread out. You know, we have multiple states that we that we have to manage, and and generally there's distributors and distribution through all of that. So it's better. It's best. I you know I like to work with my distributors uh, because those guys can can get to the customers super fast. So I, I like I really like that. They plus they have other value add products that go uh, along with what that you know those guys are the have all of these other solutions that I want to make sure that our customers uh, have the opportunities to see that it all kind of comes together when you work with distribution. It's very they're very helpful and but all the ones that 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 Epson works with are distributors that have uh, been working with us for many years. They know our product lines very very well. Uh, they've all been through a tremendous amount of training. And um, so, yeah, I, I tend to push towards through distribution. Jimmy, you through. in the market for a robot? I know a guy. I know a guy, man. <laughs> I got some space in my garage, you know, I'm just thinking about it. Hey, Scott, listen, so uh, we're doing this right across, right around uh, Automate Show. So what, are, what am I going to see at the uh, Epson booth? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I know Chris is... Uh, excited you know automates the big show um you know it's just walking onto that expo floor it's just ginormous i don't know i i it's amazing how much stuff is there you know and everybody you know shows their their wares and all that you know what what we are going to be doing this year and what we like to do is take people on a journey and the journey starts with our legacy you know we we've, we've been we've been doing this for now we're now in our fifth decade uh in automation and robotics we are known in the industry as the precision automation specialists. You know, we're not the guys moving around the chassis or engine blocks or anything like that. We focus on customers that need fast, high precision robotics. They come to Epson for that. That's where we've built our reputation. And so we've got that legacy and that legacy is really important because there's so many newcomers coming into the market, you know, and they're coming in with exciting things and all that. When you're trusting your, your line, your manufacturing, um, you know, millions of dollars of product, whatever you're building, you really are looking for that uh, reliability and that and that trust that we've built over that period of time. So we start our journey there. Before we get to technology or products, we want to understand what our customers are doing. And, and at that point, we start to talk about the industry expertise we have. 
So we're leaders in life sciences, electronics, automotive, consumer products, as Chris mentioned, that's been taking off. Um, we have a team with a combined thousand plus years of, of experience, and that experience is, is able to be leveraged by our customers. So as they're coming in and they're looking for, what do I do here? Or how do I build that up? Or how do I fix this? They've, they've got that with Epson. And that's something that we are able to impart and help people on, on their journey. And from there, you get to applications. Chris mentioned a whole bunch that, that, that we're seeing. You know, of course, you've got parts feeding and uh, kitting and palletizing, et cetera, assembly, load, unload. But once you know that industry and once you've you've discussed the legacy that we have and the expertise, then it gets down to, okay, so let me show you some examples of what we do. We broke our exhibit uh, into two key areas. Um, the first is our high precision area. And so people often think of Epson as the printer guys or the watch guys. We talked about watches earlier, um, but what they, what they often don't know is that we're dynamic and vertically integrated and quartz is central to what we do. And that quartz that we manufacture ourselves is put into our micro devices. Um, we've got an accelerometer team, a, um, a motion detection team, a timing team. We use that technology to build technology for our robots. So we'll be talking about a technology called Gyro Plus. At, and Gyro Plus is a vibration reduction technology. And that's really important for, for this industry. Because if you talk to anybody that's in motion control, they'll immediately tell you about, about the issues they have with vibration when they move fast, when they're trying to hit a certain tolerance or precision level. You know, you're moving fast and you need to move the other direction and people are overshooting, they're ringing. To hit that uh, performance requirement, they need to slow down the robot. What we have is a gyro sensor built by Epson, patented by Epson in the arm of our scare and six axis robots that provides a feedback of motion to our motion controls in the controller, automatically making real-time adjustments. And so we're able to hit precision targets that nobody else can. That's something that's really unique to Epson. And so we've got this whole area talking about Gyro Plus, where it fits in our robots, and the different technologies that, that we're employing to, to utilize that. And that will be shown on a bunch of different robots in, in a number of different areas. Then we have a second area that focuses on, on ease of use. Uh, so we've talked a lot about this, this uh, segment of the market that's coming in, new users, folks getting started. And even people that have been in this market for a while, in this industry for a while, they're looking for, how do I get up and running quicker? How do I get my project running faster? We talked about IntelliFlex. We'll certainly be showing that, but also our T series, which is our entry-level Scara, and our VT series, our entry-level six-axis robot. So under $8,000, under $15,000, and you get the software with it. And that software that we really want to show people Certainly RC Plus is running on everything, but we also showcase RC Plus Express. So it's an interactive uh, display. People can come up, they can, they can play with it, they can see how it runs, they can move blocks around. So it's really interactive, it's really fun. And so for people that are, are getting into this industry, that are looking for something that is um, uh, easy to begin with and also easy for, to use for simple applications, this is an exciting one. So we're really uh, looking forward to showcasing that at this uh, at this exhibition. Well, that sounds very cool. Chris, I was going to talk to you from the boots on the ground guy. And my question is, is kind of a little bit about um, why has Epson been so successful from your lens? So, you know, Epson's, you know, Scott touched on it. You know, we're a technology company. 
it's a it's it's kind of different when you look at the landscape of automate you're seeing a lot of you know a lot of uh, automation ancillary products uh from sensors to you know brakes to just all uh, you know all, even the, even the other robot companies conveyor companies they they tend to be specifically a company that manufactures that epson is a a vast company of all kinds of technology products and we tend to bring a lot of that technology into a lot of our products you know scott was also kind of touching on that but you know as a technology company and one that's vertically integrated that saves our customers a lot of time and money everything except for just a couple components are all made in japan uh, so it's and it's you know so we have a very uh, obviously good dialogue with Japan. We're constantly shipping from Japan, uh, so there's you know that all works really well. I think a couple things here. You know we we as a team when we start to drill down in the robotics team, we always tell customers you know we do what we say we're going to do. And I've seen that since day one. You know I just I just I just uh, hit my fourth year here with Epson, and I think I think the other thing that that. You know, a lot of people will say this, but I can truly say this, and it's been this way for since I've known the team at Epson when I before way before I was you know lucky enough to join the company. We have great people, and I've known it for 25 years. You know, um, y- you might have an individual that has a great sales year, but there's hundreds of people behind that individual that has helped that person to get to that point. So, you know, when that happens, it's the people. So not only is it the people, obviously, it goes all the way through to our customers, and our customers appreciate that. They see that, and uh, and I think that's why they continue to keep coming back to us. I think you've got very loyal customer base, too, because, of course, I came from industry as well. And so, and I know that because uh, I've seen a lot of Epsons in uh, factories, both on, on both sides, in the integration side and on the factory side. I wanted to ask you both a question, too. It's May 2023. Uh, I wanted to find out kind of what business climate is from your perspective. Chris, I'm going to, because you, you've got boots on the ground. Uh, how's, how are things? You know, I don't think you could say it's been any better. I mean, it just feels, you know, before COVID, obviously things were moving along very, very well. But, you know, what you think about robotics, I mean, through COVID, actually, unfortunately, it was a really difficult situation. We all went through it. It helped our company in that businesses and companies found themselves needing to figure out a way. They just had to find that way. And so I think as they looked at automation, and you probably heard this a lot, what they what they went towards, whether whatever type of automation that was, whether there be a robot involved or some form of automation, customers had to figure out a way to perform. The, the idea here for us is that we've made our robots, our, our equipment, our software, everything easy to use. So it's easy to understand training is important. Um, but we've made it that way. So even way down to the entry level companies, you know, they can, they can learn, they can understand it and they can get up and running and quick and, 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 you know, obviously back in business or even to make their business move faster and, uh, more profitable. And Scott, your thoughts too, cause you, you talk a lot in the industry like me about, uh, about the industry from your perspective. Yeah, it's, uh, Chris is spot on, you know, it's, it's uh, kind of maybe come down to, to reality a little bit, you know, it depends on, on what data set you look at. If you're looking at, you know, uh, you know, from a, um, uh, an analytical perspective and, and certainly, you know, Chris, uh, you know, being a, an account manager, you know, he's, he's boots on the ground. So he's, he's seeing it, you know, right down, uh, right down at ground level, but it, it's mixed. It's, it, it's, you've got companies that, that have demand. Uh, demand is still really high out there. Uh, people are still buying stuff but the cost of capital has gone up. 
you know, the cost to uh, to get new things has has gone up. People bought bought a lot over the last years. There were there was a lot of lot of lot of cheap money, a lot of available money. Uh, and now now people are looking to see, you know, what they can get away with. You know, they still need to demand of consumers and make products, but do they need to put that new line on? And so people are, I think, you know, looking at how do we adjust our mindset? How do we look at a more sustainable, efficient mindset so we can shelter profits from potentially eroding demand as inflation continues to go up? But then on the flip side, you've got you got labor still as a challenge. You know, we still have high employment and manufacturers are looking for ways to meet the needs of production and automation is a key element to that conversation. It's truly mixed. It's not like it was coming out of COVID where it's like if you had a robot, people were buying and you couldn't keep them on the shelf. Now people are are really, you know, scrutinizing the decision a bit more. But long term, it's I'm so bullish about this market. This is such an exciting place for people to be. And, uh, you know, no matter what you're you're doing in automation, it's just a really exciting space to be long term. And Epson from a supply chain, uh, I was going to get, uh, maybe you can both comment on that. Uh, because you are vertically integrated, you're producing a lot of the internal components, even the chipsets, right? Are you, do, do you guys make your own chips? Uh, we, some of them, some of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we try to manufacture as much as we can. Uh, we try to bring on things that have risk. You know, like any good manufacturer, you look at, you look at your manufacturing line and, you know, if I can uh, get something cheaper elsewhere and it's, you know, I, I can get a bunch of them or put them in inventory, great. If it's something that is going to, you know, slow everything up, it's a deal breaker and maybe it's something I need to bring online. So that's something Epson continually looks at. But, you know, from our perspective, we've, you know, done a, I, I think over the past few years, we've done an admirable job um, keeping in line with inventory, making sure we can get product out, making sure that we can meet demand. We're not immune to the challenges that are out there. They're still there. You know, there's still backlogs. Um, there are still boards, some chips that are external that are that are difficult to get. That hasn't changed. The logistics, you know, have certainly improved, but it's gotten more expensive. You know, gas is expensive. Um, you know, inflation's still high. So costs have gone up. But, you know, all, all in, it's certainly better than it was a, a couple of years ago. But the challenges still exist. They're still out there. I want to thank you both for coming on to the podcast today, especially since we're going to see each other next week. Um, did we forget to talk about anything? I, I don't think so, Jim. I, I appreciate it. And, and actually wanted to thank you for the opportunity to, to be on today. Uh, I, you know, the Robot Industry Podcast has been something that uh, has been great that you've done that, that you've been able to bring, um, you know, technology to all of the listeners that when they're taking a walk or when they're, you know, uh, doing whatever they would do, taking a drive when they're driving somewhere it's really, really cool just to uh, stay close to what's happening out there. So there's a major appreciation for what you've done. It's been amazing. I really appreciate it. I know you and I are, are close. Uh, we've been for a long, many, you know, long time. But uh, probably from everyone out there, we'd like to say thank you for all the work that you've done. Oh, thanks, Chris. That's really touching. Hey, um, uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> ask this, uh, Chris, for you. <laughs> How can people get a hold if they want to find out more information? Should I ask the marketer or the sales guy? Uh, what's the best way to get more information about um, about your robots at Epson? I think you can go right to our website. You know, the generalepson.com is the first place to start. And then you can start to uh, go into the, the section that says for work. And then you can find robots. Then you can work your way down there. Um, and we're easy to find on that page. You'll be able to see distribution. You'll be able to see the 
the regional managers, and then I would go from there. Well, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Chris. And um, we will see you in Detroit. Sounds great. Thanks, Thanks Jim. Our sponsor for this episode is Earhart Automation Systems. Earhart builds and commissions turnkey solutions for their worldwide clients. With over 80 years of precision manufacturing, they understand the complex world of robotics, automated manufacturing, and project management, delivering world-class custom automation on time and on budget. Contact one of their sales engineers to see what Earhart can build for you. And Earhart is spelled E-H-R-H-A-R-D-T. And their email address is info at earhartautomation.com. And I'd like to acknowledge A3, the Association for Advancing Automation. They are the leading automation trade association for robotics, vision and imaging, motion control and motors, and the industrial artificial intelligence technologies. Visit automate.org to learn more. And I'd like to thank Painted Robot. They build and integrate digital solutions. They're a web development firm that offers SEO, digital, and social marketing and can connect CRM and other ERP tools to unify marketing, sales, and operations. You can find them at paintedrobot.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us at the Robot Industry Podcast, you can find me, Jim Beretta, on LinkedIn. We'll see you in Detroit at the Automate Show. And today's podcast was produced by Customer Attraction Industrial Marketing. And I'd like to thank Chris Gray for the music, Jeffrey Bremner for audio production, my business partner, Janet, and our sponsor, Earhart Automation Systems.